Good morning. Just see if this gets right. So again, as we progressively unfold um, this journey through the foundations of mindfulness, we open to greater and greater number of objects. And, um, uh, and so um, Dory opened that field into the experience of our emotions, which is part of the third foundation. And I'm going to take um, uh, another portion <coughs> of the third foundation, which is called Chitta Nupassana. And Chitta is, in Buddhist psychology, the experience of the mind-heart. So, um, really, mindfulness in terms of the four foundations of mindfulness, at least this is my experiential understanding, I haven't really actually um, read this anywhere, but mindfulness is actually a little bit misleading in terms of its English um, representation because of the word chitta, and that in in Buddhist psychology, the field of the third foundation is the mind and heart, which includes mind states and heart states. Really, a more inclusive term perhaps would be mind heartfulness that your experience as you turn your attention fills your mind with both you know attention to the to the the mental aspect and the emotional aspect we tend to separate them in our western psychological framework which is useful and so it's not about a comparing or right or wrong or better than or worse than or less than but it's just a different way of 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 seeing things and so again as we come into the the field of mind states many of the <clears throat> techniques and invitations that we've given are really applicable to noticing the thoughts or the patterns of thoughts or or the attitudes that we have towards our our mental states so you know how does it feel in the body how do the emotions feel in the body how do the mind states and the thoughts feel in the body we the body it may be subtle but we feel everything in our experience is there a presence or absence of the hindrances is there a presence or absence of the the factors of awakening which um, Philip went through last night. Noticing the character of the experience of the mind states rather than getting um, um, caught or driven or lost in the content. We've said that in different ways over and over again in the retreat around What's beneath the story? Not that the story is not important, but what's underneath? What can we learn underneath the story? What's the emotional valence 
How does it feel in the body? What's your present experience? It's helpful in terms of, you know, because our our minds are, are really incredibly powerful experiences. One of the things that I, you know, um, uh, allowed me to shift my relationship to my mind is, is that if you look at the Buddhist psycholo- psychological framework of the six sense doors, of the five sensory senses that we consider in, um, in the West, and the mind as another sensory experience, the mind is really only 17.5% of our experience. It's one-sixth, and yet how much, how much predominance do we give it in our lives? So really to hold the experience of mind lightly. I've said this in some of my groups, but you know, we tend to believe everything we think we tend to believe every thought that we have. And we don't believe anybody else in the world without proof. Right? We want some kind of, and you can see this in terms of, you know, research need being needed to be done around mindfulness or metta or whatever. We need empirical proof in this particular culture from, for every experience except our own. What, what makes us so elevated? And so really just to explore that, that if the thought or the thought pattern comes into the experience, it's just a thought pattern. It's not necessarily right. It's not necessary. You don't need to add anything to the experience. But, you know, this practice is really going upstream. That's one of the classic images of the, of the teachings, that we're going upstream from the unconsciousness of the culture. And our Western mind has been conditioned, at least from Descartes, when he wrote that, I think, therefore I am. And that Cartesian model still follows us. So this is, you know, it's not just about how difficult it is for us individually, but there's a, you know, there's a cultural unconsciousness that we're also beginning to dissolve when we sit just with, you know, our thoughts and not being driven by them. So just checking your attitude when the thought pattern arises. Another, and in, as we have said in other cases, there's no need to go searching for the experience. All of you have been thinking at some point during this retreat. They will arise, and when they arise, the invitation is, can we be gentle? Can we, can we invite ourselves into um, accepting them more and believing them less.
And sometimes just noticing, you know, that lightness or that, that um, when I get into a perseverative or a, a, a cyclical pattern of thinking that I can't um, get myself out of, like it may be that I can't do this or it may be some aspect of self-judgment or, or, um, or judgment of others. I pretend that those thoughts are coming from the person sitting in front of me. I just, you know, whatever I'm thinking, I don't repress. I just envision that it's just coming from the person in front of me. And does that give me a little bit more permeability? A little bit more distance from identifying with the thoughts? There's this uh, image of one monastic sitting to another, uh, sitting next to another, and they're, you know, in meditation. And the guy turns to the other monk and says, "Are you not thinking what I'm not thinking?" <laughs> you know, the humor actually really helps us hold it lightly. Gives us that larger space when we get caught into the identification of this is all of what my experience is. It's actually only one-sixth of your experience. And it may not even be that. From the Western psychological perspective, thoughts are often defined as self-talk, what we say to ourselves. And sometimes the things that we say to ourselves are, are, um, are not as kind as what we would say to others. We are our own harshest critic. So really to bring that awareness that how would I treat others and can I also treat myself in terms of the kind of thought that I bring into my awareness, my attitude towards the thoughts? When Dory will speak tonight, she will talk about um, um, ways of working in more detail, including this acronym of RAIN that we have in our uh, Vipassana teaching community. Recognition, allowing or acceptance of the experience. Investigation, which is one of the factors that that Philip was talking about. And non-identification. So see if that helps, is helpful for you as well when, when, um, when you bring your awareness to mind states. One last thing, in terms of, you know, holding a larger picture, sometimes, you know, you get so detailed in your thinking process, it's like reading, you know, a 300-page novel. You create all of the details. See if you can just notice the category of thinking. You know, is it worry? Is it... um, Sadness? Is it, you know, the, the, the 
project at your work or the issue in your relationship. And there, as you, you know, it's like walking into a library. All the detailed information is categorized. Just notice the categories. Don't open the book. Refrain from going into and getting lost in the details. And check how you're relating to the experience in the body, in the heart. And so, again, inviting you into your posture. I'm going to keep the meditation pretty quiet because we're at that place that you've received so many instructions. And for you to use these ingredients in order to create the recipe of your awareness in this moment.
Mahagasananda was one of the amazing monastics that held the Cambodian culture together during the trauma of the killing fields where so many people perished, including out of tens of thousands of monastics, only 6,000 survived. And he has written, in spite of all of that collective tragedy and trauma, the importance of being aware of our thoughts and mental states. He writes, the thought manifests as the deed, as the word. The thought manifests as the word. The word manifests as the deed. The deed develops into habit. Habit hardens into character. Character gives birth to the destiny. So watch your thoughts with care. Let them spring from love, born out of respect for all beings. for questions and answers, and hopefully you have more answers than questions. Um, and I really invite, again, this is a, an awareness practice of our collective practice. I'd really like to invite people who um, might have a question but have a reluctance to raising their hands in such a large group. You know, some of us have that ease in being able to put our voice out there and some of us um, 